Hello and welcome to the second episode of Radalize This, India's first running podcast. This is Dharmendra, the host for this podcast. This is a podcast with an Indian flavor for runners, wherever you may be around the world. I'm a running coach and freelance writer based out of Bangalore, India. So what do I have on this episode for you? As discussed on the last episode, results from the Kaveri Trail Marathon or KTM as it's popularly called and the Hyderabad Marathon, a brief update on India at the Paralympics some history of India in the 5000 meter men's event in the Olympics and some discussion on running for a cause. We also have an interview with Santosh Padmanabhan and a website recommendation and a list of upcoming events. At the time of recording the first episode of this podcast, the men's 5000 meter and marathon events were yet to be held. By now, as most of you know, the men's 5000 meters was won by Mofar of Britain and the marathon was won by Stephen Kiprotich of Uganda in what was described by most people as a surprise victory. The discussion on whether Kiprotich would have won had Wilson Kipsang, who is still one of the two favourites to break the world record this year for the marathon, paced uh, the race differently is largely academic. It is similar to the discussion on what would happen to the medal distribution in the distance running events if the IOC were to allow, say, five competitors from each nation rather than just three as it is currently. As most of you would know, the number of East Africans who meet the Olympic A standard in each of the distance events is disproportionately high. That said, across events, the Olympics have their own way of producing surprises all the time. That is perhaps the reason they are so popular with professional athletes and not just ordinary people. Racing in Olympic running events, as with others, is largely tactical which means you don't necessarily have to break the world record to win. While it is obvious that anyone who is ahead of the rest will win, there are no financial incentives as in the case of city races or diamond league events for breaking records. So not everyone is trying to be the absolute best in the world. They just need to do enough to win. This is borne out by the number of Olympic records in most athletic events being lower than world records. There are of course a few exceptions like those of Rudisha in the 800 meters, but they are rare. Before we end our roundup of events from the world of athletics, uh, we must cheer Kipsang's victory in the Great North Run, where he won the half marathon emphatically, as well as the half marathon debut of Tirnesh Di Baba, which saw her win the women's event ahead of the Olympic marathon champion uh, Tiki Jalaram. Now we move to our roundup of events closer home the Hyderabad Marathon and the Kaveri Trail Marathon. First, the Hyderabad Marathon. The half marathon in the Hyderabad Marathon saw a very keen competition amongst the top 3 runners with barely 30 seconds separating the top 3 finishers. The event was eventually won by Sanjeev Kumar followed closely by Soji Mathieu and Ramesh Bishani. The women's winner was Seema Anurag. The full marathon saw Anil Thakur win in 2 hours 52 minutes and 40 seconds and at his pace he would have been almost a mile ahead of the second place finisher. The women's event was won by Sudha More in 3 hours 17 minutes and 27 seconds. Now for the Kaveri Trail Marathon. 
the 10k event in ktm and the half marathon event in ktm had the same top finisher nanjundappa in about 34 minutes and 38 seconds in the 10k and an hour and 19 minutes and 13 seconds in the half marathon in both events he ran race of his own being significantly ahead of the second race finishers the full marathon event at the ktm was won by devraju in 3 hours and 36 minutes followed very closely by rachel carter who was the top women's finisher in 3 hours and 38 minutes due to the timing of uh, the recording of the last episode some of the research i had done on the 5000 meters men's events had to be parked uh, till we recorded this episode while researching for uh, the previous episode i realized that the 5000 meters events has been held only since 1912 and india which has had an athlete in seven of the 23 editions with the 5000 meters featured in them has not had anyone in the heats since bahadur prasad competed in barcelona in 1992 people from my generation will remember watching him in barcelona as well as the south asian games in 1995 bahadur prasad still holds the indian national records for the 1500 meters and the 5000 meter events of course a lot of this research resulted from a conversation with a friend who was coached by the talented ranjit bhatia who competed in the 1960 games at rome in both the 5000 meters and the marathon following which he taught mathematics at st stephens to my friend that's certainly a very interesting life now moving on to a brief update on india at the paralympics uh, in london while most of india got to know about girish's inspiring silver medal effort in the high jump i was a little disappointed to know that we had just five participants in athletic events at the paralympics and all of them were in field events i wonder if this reflects our general apathy as a country to disabled people but encouragingly india's recent rise in shooting was reflected in the paralympic contingent too with one participant who participated in three events what i found interesting was six countries were come to the list of top 10 nations in the medal tally in both the paralympics and the olympics in the 2012 edition surely that says something for the support for sports for all sorts of people in these countries as part of this show on each episode we have an interview with a runner where you will get to listen to some of the most interesting personalities in running on the indian scene people who have contributed to the development of the indian running community this week we have santosh padmanabhan as our guest he was one of the first people i met in my life who had run over 24 hours Santosh quit a job in the tech industry and started Runners High and has managed to create a running community in more senses than one. Today he trains over a few hundred runners a year. While he coaches runners on the weekend for a fee through Runners High, he volunteers on weekdays with several schools integrating running with the curriculum. Thus, the same runners who constitute Runners High contribute more than just financial support to Runners High's non-running activities with quite a few of the volunteers also volunteering with various organizations for underprivileged members of the world we live in during this interview santosh discusses various aspects of running from his own introduction to ultras and fundraising as well as how running on trails is different from road running let's listen to santosh hello santosh welcome to runalize this why don't we get started by you telling us uh, how you started running and when you started yeah running as such um, i started as a small kid um, but then it was all uh, middle distances like 800 meters and 1500 meters as a kid though it was the longest i'd seen uh, it was 
probably by accident that I figured out in my fifth standard that I could run long. Um, and that's a story of its own. <clears throat> but later on, um, I did continue with it and my passion was there. It was something that I always loved doing, but it always took a backseat when it came to studies and everything. So by my 12th standard, I was at a level where I could even represent uh, my school in an all-India school meet. But then I was told by my principal that uh, it was important to focus on my IIT or Bishpihani <laughs> rather than um, go for a running meet. Uh, then I went on to college. Like most other college kids, I was I sort of drifted off from being healthy. Started smoking quite a bit. And um, uh, I would, those were the party days. I would not train. Uh, but when it came to an athletic event, I would just still go on for selection trials and still get selected. And uh, I would represent college. And I even got a few prizes for the college in an intercollegiate meet and so on. So running was there. More purely an interest and some passion that I had. and uh, But never something that I envisioned as um, the love of my life or something. Um, later on, we all moved to the US. Mostly as, the, as I heard, like most engineers do. Um, and there the focus was more on trying to get a, a handsome pay packet and so on. Um, but in Madison, uh, where I did my master's, um, I started volunteering for organizations um, that were interested in the um, development and progress of India. Um, ironically, I learned more about uh, the conditions in India staying away from home than when I was in home. Um, that sort of really made me think hard. And I started actively... Uh, visiting organizations working with the underprivileged um, and also learning more about them. Um, after I finished my master's, I moved to Austin and we wanted to start a chapter for ASHA for Education, which was an organization that focused on education of underprivileged children. And we are looking to find ways of um, raising um, uh, funds effectively for organizations. Um, I was really interested in raising funds for an organization that I was close with called Banyan, which works with um, uh, mentally ill destitute women. Um, but we were hitting a dead end because just a few of us and we, were, we had no clue about um, organizing huge fundraisers and that's when we hit upon the idea of uh, using marathon or training for marathons as a concept <coughs> which originally was started by Team in Training, a group um, which raised funds for cancer research. So um, we took up that idea and uh, a few of us, four or five of us said that if you want more people to uh, raise funds through running, we have to do it ourselves. So we started training for a marathon. I would run 100 meters and then I would pant uh, thinking that I would I can never do this because I'm a smoker. Uh, but um, as I raised funds, it really motivated me and I finished my first marathon in uh, 2005. Um, so 2004, 2005 is when I started running uh, long distances, longer than uh, 5 kilometers, 10 kilometers and so on. And that's when I seriously took up long distance running. By the next year, I got totally involved and from then on, um, I was more passionate about my running and I really felt like getting back to a lost love. So from running your first marathon in 2005 uh, to having run ultra distances over the last few years and uh, you know finally coaching people to run their own marathons and ultra marathons. Uh, you've come uh, quite a long way, no pun intended. Uh, how many people do you train currently Santosh? <coughs> so currently we have an organization called Runners High. Um, I would rather, I, would, I wouldn't call it a company, I wouldn't call it an organization in a strict sense. It's more a community. Um, there are many aspects to it. Earlier I used to see it as two different streams, as the work with children and work with people from normal backgrounds. But now we see it as one community 
and it evolved into that. Um, so we train people who pay a fee and they come from um, a normal uh, middle class or upper middle class backgrounds. Um, there are about 150 people on an average who train with us in a season. Um, and then there are also children we train. So there are about 60 children from Ananya Trust, um, another uh, 10 to 12 children from Tulir, uh, another 10-15 children that we started training from Srishti Special Academy and about 30 kids from Sita School. So including the children um, and then the other runners and everyone together, we are a huge number. We are so close to about 250-300 easily. So I will return to this, you know, uh, later in this uh, interview, the fact that you, you know, managed to uh, uh, combine running with uh, running for a social cause or integrating, you know, working for social causes with running. But before that, I would like to talk a little more about your own running. How many uh, 24 hour runs have you uh, done from the time you've done your first marathon? Oh, <laughs> that's a tougher question to answer. I've really not kept count. Um, but I think, um, I might be wrong, but maybe about six, seven, 24 plus 24 or 24 plus runs so far. Um, <clears throat> most of them, I mean, almost all of them without any uh, sleep breaks. And uh, all of these have been organized uh, trail events? Not all of them. Um, uh, some of them have been uh, self-supported runs. Okay. And what are you currently training for? So right now, um, I don't know if I'm in, uh, we are always in pursuit of something um, and at different stages in life, uh, we seek different things. Um, at this point in my life, I have sort of uh, come to an understanding of what I really want and um, um, going through tough phases in my life, I've realized that I really want to get back to what really uh, makes me enjoy running. And that is uh, my time in the mountains. So I'm uh, training with a small group of people and and it's more for our own um, personal search um, rather than to say that we did this or rather than to say that uh, I pushed my boundary or to say post it on Facebook and say that I accomplished this. Sure. Uh, it's more about um, feeling, uh, finding solace um, in doing something that you're really passionate about. So we are hitting the trails. We don't really have a strict target, but we have a sort of a tough terrain to deal with uh, and a tough course and we are completely flexible with it. So it would be like uh, going from one point to other in, in the Himalayas maybe um, and um, doing it over a few days. Um, and if we feel good and we're doing well, we just go faster. And if you're not feeling good and we know that it, uh, we don't need to be, and uh, we want to stick together as a group, then we change our paces. So basically every six months I'm planning on going to the Himalayas and uh, we call it trail runs. Um, it's not slow and leisurely like a trek and not and we don't carry heavy stuff like trekkers do. And we also are not in the other extreme where we want to push ourselves and meet a time target or anything. And we carry light, but we carry sleeping bags and food and everything and we move from village to village. And we want to cover more ground within a particular period of time. So what's the typical duration of these uh, speed hikes, if I may call them so? Yeah. So going uphill, it's more of a speed hike, but downhills we run. Sure. Um, so it's um, typical duration would be over a few days, four or five days. And it's like morning to evening runs. So you would be covering more than 50 miles in a day? 
not, less not really <laughs> it really depends on the terrain and the altitude we are uh, dealing with uh, sure. so if it was lower altitude and the terrain was a little different we may be going longer distances but when you go up higher on altitude and uh, for example just about 800 meters to 1000 meters of a steep climb took us more than one and a half hours sure so okay. to go up um and it, what it was what they call a class 2 scramble um basically beyond little bit more steeper and more loose rock you would have to use technical equipment to go up sure so it really depends on the terrain and there is no real estimate so so do you need any special training to do these runs you're talking about we do have to train um based on what the goal is okay um any sort of training regimen that i do i i sort of plan out the schedule um, at least 4 5 months ahead and depending on the actual um, target if you are going to do steep climbs and the climbs involves loose rock then we have to train on similar terrain and similar uh, inclines okay and uh, also the time of the day that we are going to do it and if i am right. going to run uh, more of evening runs then i would train try to train around the same time okay and a uh, lot of hill workouts and the hill workouts also become your strength training okay and uh, does one need specialized equipment for these runs not specialized equipment but one need to use i mean get used to carrying lot of weight so okay. probably camel bags that you are comfortable with and uh, to be able to carry at least 3 liters of water and good amount of food change of clothes uh, first aid kits sleeping bag and so on okay um, and be able to and when we train also though we don't require it even for a one hour hill workout we carry that weight and um, and do also huge step workouts okay uh, moving on from these you know informal events of exploration that uh, you know you are already indulging in uh, maybe for the benefit of our listeners you can tell them what are some of the big events on the indian trail running scene yeah so as i told you earlier this year i'm not going to uh, it's not like i'm against these events but personally um, i'm on a different sort of path so i'm shying away from these events in terms of my own participation sure um but there are really good events that are happening in and around the country um there is uh, a very uh, popular ultra that's um, getting more popular amongst the uh, ultra running circuit across the world um, called the high which is organized by dr rajat uh, and it's at very high altitude though it's a road run not technically fully trail um but it's still a tough one given the high altitude and the long distances sure um um and then there are also races organized by kavita who part of as part of globe uh, globe races there are some really good ultras and i'm very happy that lot more people are taking up ultra running and we have seen a whole lot of home grown 100 mile runners this year so she's organizing these races in in around delhi called the bati lakes sure uh, which is quite a good one it's on a lot of mud road and really good hot weather that tests you then there is the rishikesh to uttarkashi i think which just got over yeah which got over and which is also good uh, ultra run and then of course we have our um, bangalore ultra that's true and they also have introduced a 24 hour run this time in bangalore ultra which will be quite interesting to see i'm happy that lot more people are taking up ultra running now in india is the annapurna stage event that you yes, did sometime sorry ago? i forgot about but annapurna is again not really happening in india it's in nepal Sure. Okay. I'm sorry. So, yeah. So that one, uh, but I, I, I did take part in it, and that was a wake-up call. I somehow had lost, and that's what really changed track, and I got back to my own, uh, my passion that that I felt I'd lost. For a long while, I'd been running on mud roads and um, tar roads, and uh, I almost forgot what trail running was. But then Annapurna rudely woke me up, 
I had signed up for the 100k and then when I went there and I went up all the steep inclines and the stone steps which really made my calves cry out then I realized that I had not been training on mountains at all but then it also got me back the love that I had for the mountains and that's when I decided that I won't it also made a dent in my pocket so I decided that I'll do a lot more self-supported runs in the Himalayas sure. and get back to mountain running but Annapurna is a really good event if someone wants to try out ultra running and wants to take a look at the Himalayas yeah but as your experience has shown one needs to prepare really well for definitely, that event definitely I yeah. would suggest that you should have at least done a few marathons and should have some real trekking or um, experience in the mountains you can't just take it for granted moving on from you know running really hard mountain events or trail events uh, what would you like to tell anyone who's looking to get started on trail running in India so you should be clear so I don't want to create a sort of a segregation of road runners and trail runners um, but um, having said that it is a world of difference you do it for different reasons I know you're very passionate about road, road running Dharmendra that's so, true so don't take offense in what I'm going to say so you, there is a certain kind of attitude also and if you're not going to have that sort of an open mind it's very difficult to get into trail running for example if you're the kind of person who says every run I go out I'm going to push myself and beat my previous time target it doesn't work sure in the trail runs every day is different every day you yourself are a different person and so is the terrain so is the mountain and uh, the whole things you can't expect anything you can't you have to be prepared for everything in the mountains in in the first hour it could be shining hard hot um, could be really hot and then in the next hour there could be it rains and then suddenly it could get cold and you need to be carrying apparel for any of these conditions that's correct and then you can't complain saying that uh, oh no i did a bad time there is no such concept of a good time or a bad time in the mountains or in the trail runs i agree but you need to be able to handle any sort of uh, struggle and also i am a big believer in community so you should be open to the idea that you not only look out for yourself but for each other so when we go on this trail running groups uh, we make sure that uh, you are you might be on a good flow but you we do have checkpoints and then we wait and make sure that the entire group is there and everyone is safe and then we move on this specifically because it's most of our runs are self supported sure so for us that comes first safety and the community comes first and then comes your personal well being the joy is actually in doing the run rather than what results show up after the run having said this i'm also a little wary of commercialization of trail running it is happening a lot in the us i'm wary because of many reasons not that they are making a profit out of it but what is happening to the trail the thumb rule for if you ask any trekker anyone in the any naturalist or any um, anyone who's into the mountains or the trails you need to leave the trail as you see it that's correct when you go you have to leave it back as it is it, it even with running with too many people on the trail it can really damage the trail and it has happened in the us in some of these nice trails where a lot of damage has happened now they have started limiting the number of people on these trails and so on i am afraid in india there is no such the forest department is not as organized or as structured in protecting these things so if it leads to commercialization without proper regulation it can be quite drastic on the trails and we have very few left in india now these are all sensitive spots ecologically sure. that's true uh, i guess then uh, the additional question would be then you know who would be in the best position to regulate these things but we we'll leave that for another uh, yeah day. So, so trail running is 
um, I would say there is a little bit of confusion also in what is trail running. When you do an event on a jeep track or a mud road, that's strictly actually not trail running. It's just that it's a kacha road. That's true. Um, so a road runner can, if you're not trained, if you're trained only on tar roads, you can still participate in it. Yeah, for example, the Kaveri Trail Marathon is it's just off-road. It's just so an off-road run. That's true. A real trail can throw up anything at you. It could be like um, completely rocks everywhere. Correct. And if you're not trained on it and you've been running only on roads, you can easily twist your ankle within 100 meters. Fair enough. Um, and it requires a little bit of training and getting used to it. Like um, they call it sort of um, scanning three feet head. You need to scan three feet head so that by the time your feet lands there, your feet already knows how it should land. Sure. Running in the night, all these things are very different on the trails. I agree. So technically, there are very few trail runs being organized in India as of now. So the real technical trails uh, and technical trail running is still very new in India. So I'm just a little apprehensive that if it becomes really big, then it can affect the trails. Yeah, I guess as of now, Indian runners are... Far from that, because we don't really have uh, so many events to take part in. Yeah. Uh, Switching tracks for the last question of our interview, I would want uh, you to tell our viewers a little about, you know, Strides of Hope and your experience with Strides of Hope, as well as, uh, you know, running for charity, because one of the things I also discuss on this episode is uh, running for charity and its implication for runners. Yes. So... Um, I feel, um, I'm sure you'll agree with this. I feel running really makes you a better person. 100%. So, um, better person in a very holistic way. Physically, uh, in terms of your health and how you feel about yourself, confident about taking on anything um, and also mentally and emotionally. Sure. But I also think that your character also changes a lot. You you develop a certain set of values um, and running really imbibes that. A lot of people have said and even some well-known runners have said running is just an uh, individual sport and I don't believe in that. I really feel running is such a sport that it can bring together communities. Fair enough. My long-term vision or or as I see it, um, I really hope that comes a day when we don't say running for charity or running for this. It's just running and everything else just happens on its own. Um, um, And that's the vision for runners I also, where we have slowly... Uh, started training children from underprivileged backgrounds, from difficult backgrounds and other people and now they're training together, they're participating in events together. But what I felt is um, the sense of accomplishment goes beyond just your own personal achievement. Fair enough. It also makes you humble. You realize that there are a lot of things in this world beyond your own goals as a runner. Uh, And also it makes you, in one hand it makes you humble, in the other hand it makes you develop a supreme sense of confidence because your simple act of running can also mean a world to so many others. That's correct. And it makes you so powerful and you and you powerful in a very positive way. Um, and you realize that, and this is a very difficult combination to get, to feel powerful and yet feel humble about it. Absolutely. And, and that I feel is, is, is very beautiful about running. Um, and it's such a beautiful metaphor for life itself. And, uh, and that's what makes people do such wonderful acts. And I'm hoping that more and more people in India take this up. And as, as a motivation, there's no question about it. By the 18th kilometer, you're sagging down and you're saying, I have just three more kilometers to do my first half marathon. Uh, if I, I can easily take a hike now and just say, I'm done and take a ride in a motorbike. Or I can say, if I finish these three kilometers, so many friends would be proud of me and they would donate towards the cause. 
that makes a world of difference telling yourself this or to see another runner saying wow this is amazing you're not only running your racing funds really pushes you hard i think uh, uh, the benefit is both ways it's not just you contributing the you contributing to the cause helps you achieve your goals also i agree santosh thank you so much for your insight and uh, sharing your experiences with us and i hope you know listeners who've heard you talk about trail running as well as running for charity are inspired in their own ways thank you santosh thanks dhamendra for the opportunity one of the things i have wanted to talk about on this show is running for a cause i started running for one a few years ago and i continue to raise funds for it the race usually serves as a great attention grabber in addition to that of the cause to raise funds most races worldwide have served as excellent avenues for fundraising the mumbai marathon in india is no different as you would have heard santosh say running for charity gives you greater motivation to run people run for charities for various reasons some run because their own lives or the lives of someone close to them was touched by the cause others run because they get great pleasure and satisfaction to be able to make a difference to the lives of others whatever your reason several popular runners in india including some actors have run for causes milin soman and rahul bose are two names that come to mind people have run for causes as diverse as the welfare of stray dogs in mumbai multiple sclerosis society relief for tsunami victims children's education leprosy sufferers etc you don't really have to run for a cause to run better or be happy about your running after all doing anything or nothing about charity is a very personal decision but if you do it's difficult to not be happy and satisfied i can tell you from personal experience that life is richer when you do so if you're looking for causes to support consider udayan you can look them up at udayan.org they work for children of leprosy afflicted patients or parivar p a r i v a a r dot o r g parivar works for the education of underprivileged children or a host of other charities empaneled with give india for the mumbai marathon you could look up pro camp site for the mumbai marathon for details for most of us amateur runners once we begin to train more seriously in pursuit of running better every metric of improvement is hard earned one is always in pursuit of training aids which can help one improve once a training aid i employ in my running like a host of other peers is a gps watch with a heart rate monitor in that context this week on runzumas report instead of a product i have a website recommendation originally i started out trying to discuss the garmin forerunner which is my device of choice of training Then I realized I was going back to this website called dcrainmaker.com for recommendations so often that whenever people asked me what I thought is best for them I would tell them about the site the guy who runs this site is an accomplished runner and a triathlete and reviews a lot of gadgets and not just running related his reviews are amongst the best in the world and the most comprehensive on the internet and best of all they're free He discusses the pros and cons of each device and tells you what he thinks of which device is best suited for your needs. I would strongly recommend you go take a look. It's an excellent resource. The next segment of our show is intended to help you plan your training calendar based on events worldwide. Although I largely discuss Indian events, do mail in details of how your races went, whether you set personal best, whether the race organization was excellent, etc. In about 2 weeks on the 30th of September, we have the Berlin Marathon. 
the Airtel Delhi half marathon, the wine glass marathon and the running and living Shimla half marathon. In about three weeks, on the 6th and 7th of October, in an ultra running marathon weekend, we have the Bhati Lakes Ultra. On the same weekend, we also have the Hudson Mohawk Marathon in New York on the 7th of October. In about five weeks, on the 21st of October, is the Amsterdam Marathon, which sees a large Indian contingent, especially from employees of TCS. In about eight weeks, in another marathon weekend, on the 10th and 11th of November, we have the Bangalore Ultra with the 12.5 kilometer and the 25 kilometer events on the Sunday and the events of 50 kilometers and above on the Saturday. On the same weekend, we also have the Istanbul Marathon on the 11th of November. In about 12 weeks, we have the Globe Racers 100 miler in the Nilgiris. And in about 18 weeks, the premier event on the Indian running scene on 20th of Jan, we have the Mumbai Marathon. The next episode of our show is likely to be an ultra running special. I'm hoping to bring some of India's pioneers in ultra running as part of our interviews with runners. Kavita, the founder of Globe Racers, who's behind some of India's leading ultra events. Arvind Bharti, who handles Runners for Life to talk about the Bangalore Ultra, which is India's first ultra and most popular ultra running event. I might even have a surprise interview with an ultra runner for you. I will discuss the Bangalore Ultra Marathon and other matters on ultra running in India on that show. We will also have results from both the Bharti Lakes as well as the Bangalore Ultra, two of India's most popular ultra running events. And with that, we come to the end of the second episode of Runalyze This. Thank you for listening. I hope to hear from you on your comments. If you're interested in supporting the show in some form, you can write to me at runalyzethis at gmail.com. That is R-U-N-A-L-Y-Z-E-T-H-I-S at gmail.com. This is a podcast for runners and is by a runner. So I would love to hear from you, be it interesting facts about Indian runners, your experiences at global running events, or just about anything you think is worthy of featuring on the podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. Wish you the best for your training and your upcoming races. The music for this podcast has been composed by the talented Ramya Shankar. If you'd like to listen to more of her work, please visit ramyashankar.com. That is www.ramyashankar.com To celebrate the launch of this podcast, Arfil is giving away a free t-shirt. If you're interested in signing up, send an email to analyze this with your name and location. One name shall be drawn randomly from all listeners who mail in and announced as the winner of this free t-shirt on our next episode, which is likely to be available by the third week of November after the Bangalore Ultra. The blog for this podcast is at runalyzethis.blogspot.com. It is also hosted at WordPress, but we moved after the issues in India a few weeks ago due to all or most WordPress blogs being blocked in India due to some issues unrelated to our blog. So that's all I have for you on the second episode of Runalyze This. Until the third episode, goodbye. The information provided and opinions expressed on this show are based on the opinions and experiences of the participants. You should exercise due caution and consult your doctor before taking any action. Analyze this assumes no responsibility for your actions based on listening to the show, which are assumed to be at your own risk.